0: This week on Breaking Bullying, we are going to meet with a lawyer and talk about the legal consequences of bullying and what inspired him to write a book. So we're going to hit that music and get started. Joining me this week is attorney and author Mark M. Bello. Mark, thank you for coming on to our show today. My pleasure, Tim. Nice to be here. Thank you. So, Mark, we talked uh, briefly before we hit the record button. You had some experience yourself being bullied. Would you mind sharing that with me today?
1: Well, I, I'm I'm a 71 year old man. I practice law for almost 50 years. And to your point about bullying, and and I applaud you for for doing a podcast on the subject. The incident that we're going we're we're about to talk about happened to me when I was 12 years old. Here I am, 71 years old, it's still with me, I still remember it well, and I remembered it well enough, and it concerns me enough to write a book about it in my late 60s, early 70s. So that ought to tell your audience a little bit about what the bullying victim experiences
0: when he's bullied. Because we're talking about close to 60 years, and still bugs you today. You are are correct.
1: And and I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm Jewish. Uh, I don't need to tell you what's going on in the country right now for Jewish people. Jewish people are being bullied all over the country right now. When I was a kid in middle school, my family moved from one neighborhood in the Detroit, Michigan area to another neighborhood in the Detroit, Michigan area. The neighborhood we moved from was predominantly Jewish. The neighborhood we moved to, unknown to us, had very few Jews in it. I'm 12 years old. It doesn't occur to me that you lie about who you are or what religion you are or that it would offend anybody if you said anything other than the truth. So somebody, some kid came up to me on my first day of school and asked me what church I attended. And And my answer was, I don't attend church. I'm Jewish, I attend synagogue, and I got punched in the mouth and knocked to the ground. That's a true story. The counselor, I found out later, not much later, but days later, that I was one of maybe five Jewish people in the entire school, which was a unique experience for me because the numbers were completely the opposite in the school I was raised in my first seven years of school. Sixth grade, last year of elementary school at the time. They since have changed the system where seven, eight, nine used to be junior high, what they called it. Yeah. Now it's six through eight, and that's middle school. But at the time, sixth grade was elementary school, so it was a sixth grade incident. And I had a wonderful, wonderful Christian counselor who went to bat for me, and. Kind of protected me throughout the school year from that point on, but the experience, as we discussed off air, stayed with me forever. And here I am at 71, recalling the incident like it happened yesterday. It's not fun to get punched in the mouth. I think people, <laughs> most people who get punched in the mouth, remember that. I, I'm not. I'm a lover, not a fighter. So that was a unique experience for me. Flash forward, I'm 67, 68. Uh, I decide to write a book. I'm an author of typically adult legal thrillers. I write a series called the Zachary Blake Legal Thriller Series, and I've written
0: eight, nine of those, writing a children's book. Before we get that far, we're going to get to that here soon, I want to go back to your your school incident. Did you ever see that kid again? Yes. How are those interactions?
1: Well, he was made to apologize to me. He was given, I don't know what it was called back then, uh, sensitivity training is the way I would refer to it today, that people are different and that instead of fighting over differences, we ought to celebrate uh, the fact that we can all get along, even though we come from different backgrounds, different races, different religions, uh, et cetera. I wouldn't say we became best of friends, but we certainly were able to go
0: to the same school. And
1: coexist.
0: Was there other incidents of bullying because of your of your religion as well, or was that the only time that you can remember? That is the only
1: time I've been bullied. I'm certainly aware of other people and other children who have experienced this, and I've represented people throughout the years who have experienced uh, intimidation, whether they be a kid or an adult. Have counseled people on how to
0: deal with this. Is there a legal consequence for people that are trying to intimidate you?
1: Well, it depends on how serious the incident is. Uh, if you get punched in the mouth like I did, that's an assault. No matter what age you are, It doesn't matter what how old you are. If somebody punches you, if somebody touches you, and you're offended by the touch, uh, assault is is legal. The legal definition of an assault is an offensive touching. That's those are the terms that are necessary to allege and pursue an assault. Now, obviously, someone who puts his hand on your, uh, on your back to you know, tell you which way to go might be interpreted by the person who's touched as being offensive. The person doesn't mean it to be offensive, and intent is an important part of the elements of proof for an assault. So I doubt that somebody innocently directing you by putting his hand on your back or on your arm, uh, even though it offends you, would be guilty of an assault. But hurting you, like the kid hurt me, is actionable. And you can sue uh, for civil damages, and you can press charges and pursue criminal consequences. The problem is that in most situations, like the one I describe, either the school or the cops or the law enforcement agency, whatever it might be, encourages an apology, encourages the victim to drop it. And uh, I don't think I need to tell you that it's almost like being bullied a second time. You're pressured into being conciliatory, to forgiving and forgetting.
0: And that pressure Even that, if you think about it, is a form of bullying. What's the purpose of the cops trying to get you to drop it?
1: Because it's too inconsequential a crime to, I don't want to be flip about it, but to waste their time with. Handle it to the school level. Maybe the school suspends the kid. Maybe they punish him in some other way. Maybe they bring the parents in. Maybe the parents punish him. He comes over and apologizes. Maybe he feels extremely contrite. Um, There's all kinds of reasons why they might drop it. And again, constantly harassing someone, making fun of them, calling them names. Those are all assaults. Those are all bullying incidents. But there are levels of crime, some of which the uh, school officials and or the uh, law enforcement officials will pursue, and some of which they won't. Cornell University, For example, is an interesting uh, example of this. The student that participated in the anti-Semitic event at Cornell went to jail. On the other hand, someone holds up a sign with a Star of David in a trash can, and that person isn't even pursued or prosecuted. Uh, It's it's very inconsistent, and that's part of the problem. What level does this have to rise to? And, and by the way, that depends on the community you're in. How about being the only Jewish kid in a Christian community? You think they're going to side with you? How about being the only Christian kid in a Jewish community? I'm not defending any form of bullying. So it, it just depends on who you are, where you are, and what the interest is in the community to stop this nonsense.
0: When someone's being harassed, and that's called like verbal assault, how do you prove that?
1: Well, these days you can prove it pretty easily. They'll, they'll typically harass you. They'll show off for their friends, and their friends don't want to get in trouble. They'll do it online. They'll do it on Facebook. They'll do it on social media. Um, <laughs> you'd be surprised. I mean, a lot of a lot of criminals do a lot of stupid yeah. things on social media, and they're and they're and they're easy to to prove that they've done something wrong. The difficulty is. How serious is, uh, is the crime, and can you interest the police or the uh,
0: school community in pursuing it? Basically, it's your community that decides how serious that bullying was, that crime. Well, sh-
1: well sure. What else? How else would it be done? I mean, you can go, you know this, the phrase hate crime, right? Yep. Well, a hate crime brings a incident, and it's the ultimate, if you think about it, the ultimate example of bullying. A hate crime takes the incident out of the municipal or state justice system and brings it into the federal system. And if the feds are interested in pursuing something as a hate crime, the perpetrator's in trouble.
0: (laughs) Without question. (laughs) <laughs> but it sounds like the key word, though, is if they're interested. Meaning, if it did happen to you, they don't seem to care about it. Tough luck.
1: Basically, I, I, you know, again, I don't want to be flippant yeah. about it. I, I just, just, if you can't, if you can't, int- if, if the incident is not serious enough, and there are plenty of bullying in- incidents that the schools just want to move on yeah. from, turn the page. If the incident is minor enough, that's what the victim can expect unfortunate. Now, by the same token, if the incident is minor, then perhaps the victim feels an apology is sufficient. So don't, I don't want you to think that just because someone's uh, penalty is an apology, that might not solve the problem and make everybody happy.
0: Is there an example of what a minor issue is? Calling somebody
1: a name, yeah. uh, harassing someone in the playground, pulling a pigtail. You've got to, you've got to weigh, you've got to weigh the penalty. The penalty has to fit the crime. Yeah. You've heard that expression before, I'm sure.
0: Oh yeah, of course. I feel that as my own experience of being bullied and my bullying experience, I mean, as far as physical, it only happened one time, but the words hurt over time and it keeps piling up to the point where I want to commit suicide and I attempted it because words still hurt. But even though I'm getting bullied by words, that's still considered minor. No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not saying that. I, I, I'm. I'm saying
1: it depends on. It depends on what the words are. Okay. And what the intent was. Okay. Again, look at the Cornell incident. That's an incident involving words only. He made a rather vicious threat that law enforcement officials and the school consider a hate crime. And he got in serious trouble for it. And I don't want to just focus on anti-Semitism. Yep. I mean, I'm a Jewish guy, so anti-Semitism is important to me. But you can take it out of the Jewish uh, faith and bring it into anything. I'm writing a book right now about the shortest kid in the class. And what being short, and I'm a short guy also, <laughs> what being short can subject you to. It's not all based on race. It's not all based on religion. It can be simply somebody's just got a nasty disposition. And to your experience, nastiness is in the eyes of the beholder, right? I've had incidents where I've met somebody and been extremely offended by their speech or their behavior or their physicality. And five years later, I see them again, and I have a visceral reaction to seeing that person. I get angry. That person doesn't know me from Adam. He doesn't even know he did anything wrong. There's a lot of that out there too. Yeah. I agree with you that it's your truth that matters, but in the criminal and civil justice world, it's how serious was the incident and rightly or wrongly. It's just the way
0: it is. Yeah, and it makes sense cuz I do know that some states have different various forms of anti-bullying laws too, and every state different.
1: Until you get to, until you get to the level of hate crime, then it's a, then it's a federal offense and that's everybody. Every state has to kowtow to the feds.
0: As a parent having a child being bullied, and let's just say it just got physical or my child just got pummeled at school beat up. What's my legal argument if the school doesn't want to handle it?
1: Well, the first thing I would do is is take the child to the hospital or to an urgent care center, have the injuries photographed, examined, diagnosed and put on the record. You need to have physical uh, documentary proof that an incident happened. Secondly, I would make sure the police are notified and force them, if you have to, to take your statement and create a record of a criminal assault. Whether they choose to pursue it or, for whatever reason, uh, decide to drop it, at least you have the record. At that point, let's assume they pursue uh, the criminal case. Then you get into whether or not you want to pursue it, whether or not you want to let it go, what level of of punishment do you want as a victim? will Will an apology suffice, or do you want to take it further? Those are some decisions you can make. If the cop do decide to pursue it, and there's serious injuries to you, the crime level increases. And if he intended to hurt you or intended to kill you, let's say, I mean, you know, he shot, he shoots a gun in the air or he attempts to shoot a gun in the air and it hits you. That's assault with intent to kill or intent intent to cause great bodily harm. That's jail time and sometimes severe jail time. So when I tell you that there are levels of, uh, of this, There are all kinds of levels of this. Now, in the situation we just described, there are civil and criminal uh, pursuits. Civil pursuit is you deciding to sue your attacker, your bully. Nothing can stop you from doing that. Only a judge or a jury. A judge can decide that the charges do not reach a level where you can prove an assault in a civil case there are elements of a tort just like there are elements of a crime. And if you can't prove those elements, you're going to lose at the civil level just like you would lose at the criminal level. If you can, then you're entitled to money damages. And then it depends on whether a jury or a judge decides it's worth X dollars. And then it's also whether or not the person or persons can afford to pay you X dollars. The other question in these cases, especially in school, is whether or not the school is culpable. Maybe this guy's had a a bunch of minor incidents that end up resulting in a more serious incident. School shootings are, if you think about it, ultimate examples of bullying. Sometimes a school shooter has been subjected to uh, terrible incidents of bullying. But there are consequences And there are avenues of justice that you can pursue. And that's the message I I want you to
0: understand. Now, your experience of being bullied inspired you to write a book. Can you tell us about your book that inspired you? The main reason I wrote the book is I believe that
1: kids are getting anti-bullying messages too late in life. They're educated, quote-unquote, by their parents. They're victims of their parents' political beliefs of their parents' socioeconomic beliefs, of their parents' uh, prejudices and biases. And if a parent hates black people, a white parent hates black people, the kid is likely to hate black people. If the white Christian parent or Muslim parent hates Jews, the kid will likely hate Jews. On the Contrary if a Jewish family hates Muslims the kid is likely to hate Muslims it's not any one religion or race uh, it's all of us we tend to learn these lessons from our parents and when you're 5 years old bullying is the farthest thing from your mind right yeah. you don't think about boy what a nasty thing to do or boy that sounds like fun if you're if you're a kid that's that's heading the wrong way uh, so what i tried to do was take kids as young as possible. What's the
0: name of that book?
1: It's Happy Jack, Sad Jack, A Bullying Story. It's available on Amazon and other online uh, booksellers, Barnes & Noble. Uh, I doubt you're going to be able to find it in a physical bookstore on uh, any of the online,
0: uh, even the smaller ones, uh, uh, booksellers. How do you reach a preschooler about bullying in your book? How do you bring it down to their level?
1: I can't speak in in the general sense. Specifically, what I've tried to do is I've written an activities book that goes along with this, and it's got puzzles and games and and examples and uh, things that make a child aware of what it feels like, for lack of a better way to say it, as gently as possible, uh, what it feels like to be bullied. And it tries to put the child into the bullied kid's shoes. Is it comfortable to be there? No. And the games and puzzles and activities make it pretty clear. I think it's so important. I I mean, maybe somebody out there who's a child psychologist will tell me that I'm crazy. Uh, I don't know. But I just think it's so important to get kids at an age before someone else gets them and tells
0: them that this kind of behavior is okay. Yeah, they need to recognize what's good behavior and bad behavior and like with my own daughter just a few days ago she told me that a girl hit her in gym class I'm like okay let's email your teacher but she hasn't got back to me yet but my daughter she's five years old preschool it's a big deal she got hit in the ear yep, yep. <laughs> you know and she knows that's not a nice thing to do and i asked her why did that girl hit you in the ear because she said she didn't like me they'll say it out of like the spike because they're angry at you but I don't like you, or I hate you. It's like, you know, you can hear some kids that young start using those words, and it probably comes from their parents, sadly.
1: Or or not. I mean, maybe maybe it's peer pressure. Yeah. Maybe, you know, the person next to the kid said, uh, I don't like, uh, I don't know your daughter's name, but I, I don't like uh, Sarah. You know, throw something at her. And that kid wants to impress this kid and does it. Some of it's just stupidity. Yeah. Ignorance, but somebody throws something not intending to hit somebody, and hits your daughter. What do you do? Isn't that different than deliberately throwing something at your daughter?
0: Yeah, she'll say that was deliberate, even though when you find the whole story, it was an act.
1: Right. So you know, it's it's these these are not you know one answer issues, and and that's an important part of what we're discussing. Yeah,
0: a lot of it comes down to communication. Okay, I got your story, Georgia. I'm going to go email your teacher, and let's get the full story see what happened. Knowing Georgia, too, she could have been putting her arms up to catch something in the gym class, and her hand hit her, her ear. You know, I don't know, but I would still like the school to tell me what happened, just so I know. Because if your kid comes home saying, got yeah, punch in the ear, you think this kid came up to my daughter and bam, right to the ear. Right. That's what we have in our head, because that's as a parent, that's right. your first instinct, but it could have been accident. I teach martial arts for a living. And just the other day, I had a, a girl shaking her pants leg, kicking her pants leg because it was too big. She hit the boy next to her. That boy got upset, hit her back, and she got into like an argument. And I pull these two aside. And I'm like, what happened? This boy's like, well, she kicked me. I'm like, okay. Why did you kick him? I was just shaking out my pants leg. It was an accident. Did you tell him it was an accident? No, might have helped if you told me it was, it was an accident, right? And for you, and ap- an apolo- an an apologies, and for you, if someone kicks you, what should you do? Should you take action or should you tell the teacher? Tell the teacher, it's like, okay, you guys know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys, they just don't think. But we need to be teaching that stuff in school, like what to do, and it needs right. to be preached on too. And more and more, and more they
1: are, yeah. More and more of these things are being taught. And that's also one of the reasons I wrote the book. I'd like it to become a teaching tool. And
0: it's it ought to be it ought to be a good one. Yeah, I like the fact that you wrote something for for as young as preschool.
1: Let me let me read you a small passage for, it's on the it's on the back cover. Sure. It's not it's not a, it's not long, but it'll it'll give you an idea of how child friendly this message is, but how it resonates. For a child as young as Georgia. People are different in color, shape, size, ears, noses, mouth, at different shaped eyes, different races and genders, more too. We're Christian or Buddhist or Muslim or Jew. But there's one thing in common we all have in this place. We're all valued members of this human race. Give that message to a five-year-old, to a four-year-old. She may be the different color than you, but she's as human as you are. Yep. And she's a nice person. Don't listen to somebody telling you that this person is less than that person or worth less than that person. There's more, there's more in the book, but, yeah. that's, but that's the central message
0: of Happy Jack, Sad Jack. Love it. Friendly, friendly enough? Simple enough for a, for a child? That's perfect. And it rhymes. Yeah. So when things rhyme, kids love it because they can be and, it. And, that, and that's what makes it fun. Yeah. By the way, we,
1: we talked about it off-air. Off, off uh, Principal Lou gets wind of this story and calls an assembly. And he's the one that gives the speech I just read to an assembly of the entire school. And the message is this kind of behavior won't be tolerated. We're all equal in in the eyes of the law and in the eyes of whatever god you you worship. Or if you choose not to worship, we're all the same. We're We're all entitled to our space, and we're all entitled to safe space. And that's the message of Happy Jack, Sad Jack.
0: Mr. Mark Bellow, if people want to find you or find more about your books that you've wrote, because you've written more books besides Happy Jack, Sad Jack, where can they find you?
1: I have a website. It's markmbellow.com. Simple. <laughs> they can Google my name and they'll find my most of my books. Uh, they can find my books on Barnes & Noble, on Amazon, uh, Kobo, Apple, all the places where you would find books and, online. Uh, I'm easy to find. You got to remember how to spell my name, which is B E L L O. People want to put other other letters uh, on it. I get bellows, and I get bellow with a W, and I get bellow with an S. And, it's like and, Jello, J E L L O. Yeah, with the I, I actually say that a lot. I Jello with a B.
0: Jello with a B. <laughs> it. But it's markmbellow.com. Mark, I want to thank you for coming on my podcast and sharing us. A lot of valuable information, giving me some new insight, especially on the legal aspects of bullying, and also hearing about how your book is helping out preschoolers to recognize what is good behavior, what is bad behavior, and what is bullying. That's wonderful.
1: I would I would say I would say the book is probably um appropriate for anywhere from last year of preschool to maybe second, third grade. Once you once you get past that, I think uh although the message is just as important to fourth and fifth grade
0: uh I, I think there are other choices do you have other books coming out to reach the older kids
1: about about this subject about this
0: subject yeah the only other book
1: I have that would relate to the subject we're talking about is a book called the trail high which is about a high school bullying incident that turns into a school shooting okay.
0: it's it's heavy what what age would you recommend that book for
1: 16 and above okay
0: uh, it's heavy. I yeah. mean, it's a it's a
1: a mass school shooting, and and the the purpose of the book is to do what we just did, educate people on how the law, both on the criminal side and on the civil side, might handle this kind of an incident. Uh, in the case of Betrayal High, the school system had plenty of warning that this kid was going to be trouble and chose to ignore it and the book spells out how to pursue a school system and avoid governmental immunity
0: um, for what we call gross negligence. Are your books inspired by true events? I know this book that you wrote is fictional, but was it inspired by true events?
1: Yes, okay. it was inspired by a number of school shootings around the country. Um, that one, not a specific one, but I, I wanted, the intent was to write a book that told people how to pursue justice in those situations. It's not just some kid shot up a school, he's a bad guy, go get him. There are a lot of other players involved that may be liable in situations like that. That's a whole second podcast, yeah, yeah Tim. Yeah, I love it though. <laughs> but it, it, but it has uh, similar implications
0: to a book as simple as Happy Check. Mark, thank you for your insight on how the law views bullying. My name is Tim Flynn, and join us next week as we will continue this conversation to help break the silence on bullying.